May all grace, mercy, and peace come to you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text that serves as the basis for our sermon today is our gospel lesson from Luke chapter 24. On the road again, going places that I've never been, seeing places I may never see again, and I can't wait to get on that road again. Yes, my poor attempt at singing. <laughs> Uh, These are some verses from the song On the Road Again, made famous by the country star Willie Nelson. And when you think about it for a moment, roads are an essential part of life. They connect us to other people and to places. We can see some wonderful uh, places along the road and meet some wonderful people along the way. Roads can be rough, smooth, congested, windy, climby, straight, under construction, and sometimes downright dangerous. And for some people, being on the road is is quite honestly a way of life. And for others, well, it's just a necessary means to get to work in the grocery store. But anyway, you look at it, roads are essential for what we do in life and always have been. Roads, as a matter of fact, are an integral theme uh, in the writings of St. Luke. A lot happens on the uh, roads in Luke's writings. It was a road that Mary and Joseph traveled along on the way to Bethlehem. It was a road that the good Samaritan had happened upon a badly beaten man in the parable of the good Samaritan. Uh, In the parable of the prodigal son, it was a road that brought the son back home to his father. And even in the book of Acts, Luke records that it was on a road to to Damascus that Paul experienced his, uh, his experience with the risen Christ. And in our gospel lesson today from Luke, we experience another road encounter. A road experience with Cleopas and another disciple walking towards Emmaus. It's a wonderful story that seems to have it all, from drama to irony to twist to revelation and even a happy ending. So I want you to imagine for a moment that you're walking alongside Cleopas and his traveling companion, traveling down this road to Emmaus, maybe chatting, um, maybe they're feeling dumbstruck at the events that occurred. Imagine you're walking down there and being a part of that conversation. What do you think it was like? Who knows why they were traveling on this road? Why did they leave Jerusalem? Maybe perhaps it was because they feared for their own lives um, uh, after what happened with Jesus. What was the road like? Was it crowded? Was it congested? Was it full of potholes, barren? We don't know. We don't know because Luke doesn't tell us. All we know is that Cleopas and his travel companion are walking down this road to Emmaus. When out of nowhere, Jesus does what Jesus does best. And sidles right up next to him and becomes a part of their conversation. He engages them in this conversation. Uh, and only they don't know it's Jesus. They don't recognize who had just broken into the reality. Imagine you have engaged somebody in conversation with somebody that you know, and somebody you don't know breaks into your conversation. What might your reaction be to this whole thing? What would you think? I imagine some of us might look at that person who just intruded on our conversation with eyes that say, butt out, bud, or say something we shouldn't say along those lines. But not Cleopas and his travel companion. What do they do when Jesus breaks into their conversation? They stop. They stand still. And Luke tells us that they look sad. They're quite sad. 
yet further evidence that they don't realize that this is Jesus, the risen Savior, standing right next to them. And now comes the first little bit of irony in our story. Jesus says to him, what is this conversation you were holding with each other as you walk? In this most engaging moment, their answer, Cleopas and his travel companion, back to Jesus isn't butt out or shove off or mind your own business, but rather it's one of astonishment. Not astonishment as if they just recognize that this is the risen Savior, but astonishment uh, as to what he just asked them. What do you mean, what, what are we talking about? Only everything that's all over the news right now, Jesus. Cleopas says, are you the only one in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? Like, duh. You don't know what we're talking about? What else will we be talking about right now? Now comes the bit of drama as Cleopas and his travel companion express the source of the sorrow that they're carrying at this moment. And after recounting the condemnation of Jesus Christ and his subsequent death, Cleopas says this, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. They had hoped. They had invested in Jesus as their deliverer, as their savior. And it didn't turn out as they had hoped. Or, or so they thought. Their hopes were seemingly dashed at this moment in time. And here they are on this long road to Emmaus, wondering, perhaps bemoaning, what might have been. You know, sometimes on the roads in life, we do that. You find yourselves driving the roads aimlessly, both literally and figuratively, lost in thoughts of what could have been, hopes dashed, perhaps awash in sadness and in despair. You ever had one of those conversations with somebody where you were talking to someone about your plights, about your hopes being dashed? How did that person respond to you? Did you find peace in what that person said to you, or did you find comfort in, in their response to you? Did you look back and perhaps recognize that maybe you just had a Jesus experience out there on those roads? Well, here, right now, this is how Jesus responds to Cleopas and his friend. Oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter his glory? And then Jesus went on to recount and interpreted all the scriptures concerning himself from Moses and all the prophets. This is an interesting response from Jesus to, to two disciples who were looking downright downtrodden and, and in despair. And here's the irony of the whole thing. That all these things that Jesus is saying about himself in first person, and they still don't recognize that who he's talking about is him. But that's what hopelessness and despair does. It clouds our vision and helps us to not see Jesus. And like most all good stories, this one has kind of a, late, a strange little twist towards the end of it. You know, after Jesus had said all these things to Cleopas and his travel companion, Jesus acts like he's going on towards something else. About to still continue his journey when Cleopas and his travel companion are just now ending theirs. And Cleopas and his travel companion end up inviting Jesus to spend the night with him. This stranger to come stay with him for the night. Inviting a new friend into their household. I wonder what or where Jesus was heading off towards? Or was this just some, some kind of Jesus ploy, you know, like he was baiting them along? 
He was acting like he was going off somewhere else, hoping that they would recognize this so that he can come in and have more conversation with them. So he can come in and, and, and reveal who he really is to them. We don't know. We don't know. Luke doesn't tell us. We do, though, get to see the happy ending in it all with a little bit more ironing as Jesus himself turns out to be the host, breaking and blessing the bread at their own table and giving it back to them. Um, and then that's when their eyes are finally opened. And they finally, finally, after all this time, recognize that this is Jesus before Jesus does a very Jesus-like thing and disappears from their sight, but not from them altogether because their hearts are still burning within them. And then they recognize that all along, as he was with them on the road, on this road to Emmaus, that their hearts have been burning all along the way. Happiness restored. Hope restored. And of course, what are they moved to do now? They're moved to go out and share this experience, this road experience, with other people. I often wonder what would have happened had Cleopas and his travel companion opted not to go on that road to Emmaus? What would their life have been like if they had snuck out the back door of Jerusalem or if they had stayed hidden up in some upper room in Jerusalem? You know, it reminds me of the poem by Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken. Now, this is a poem that's widely misunderstood and mistaken in its title. Many, to include myself, have taken this, the title of this poem to be The Road Less Traveled. But the poem is actually called The Road not taken. In this poem, Frost states that when the traveler came to the fork in the road, both roads look equally traveled on, not one more or less traveled than the other one. The poem is ultimately about decision, about taking one road and not another, wondering, but all the time, wow, wondering what it would have been like if you'd taken the other road that you didn't choose. Our lives, my friends, are like that. There are many roads we take in life, many choices we have to make, and many choices that, quite honestly, we ultimately take. What ifs are a common reaction we have during our lives? What if I hadn't chosen that path earlier in my life? What if I had done this differently or said that differently? What if Paul hadn't traveled that road to Damascus where he experienced his conversion? What if Cleopas and his traveling companion had remained in Jerusalem? For Paul, taking that road to Damascus ended up being a life-changing experience. For Cleopas and his travel companion, it was a life-changing experience. It's easy to look back and second-guess our what-ifs. And you know, this root theme in Luke's writings portend or kind of show us uh, what the life of the church will look like post-resurrection. The church will not be one that's stationary, as if it's just four walls and this is the only and a roof, and this is the only place we do worship or the only place that we serve God. As baptized believers, we're called to be a part of a church that is to be on the move. We're called to go and to proclaim, sent out by the head of the, of the church, who's Christ Jesus, who all, always walks alongside of us, even when we don't recognize him. The church is important, don't get me wrong. Word and sacrament are important as we're nurtured and fed and strengthened to go and travel on those roads that we encounter in life, where we have help along the way from God 
to discern what roads to take and where to travel about. Sometimes we take the right ones, and honestly, other times we don't. But no matter what road we're on, Jesus always walks near us, by us. We may be the ones on the road who don't recognize Jesus when he saddles up next to us at times. Perhaps because we're distraught, wondering what might have been. Perhaps because our hopes were dashed. And sometimes we're the ones who Jesus is shining through to bring hopes to others who hopes are dashed out on those roads. Nudging us to sidle up next to others to reveal the grace and the mercy and the comfort and peace of Christ. I know right now it's hard to be out on the road doing his work thanks to this whole coronavirus and social distancing. Uh, we constantly live afraid that we're going to get it ourselves or, or we're going to give it to somebody else. But you know what? God's work doesn't stop. Yes, we are called to be safe and to love our neighbors and keep them safe as well. But God has given us means and ways to do his work, to bring his word forward and bring his hope forward. And if there are to be more stories to be added to our theme of room for more this year here at Ascension, then we need to first see Jesus ourselves. We need to spend time with him where he reveals himself in word. And for those of us who are still privileged to, uh, to leave the house and go to work, we have that opportunity with those encounters that, you know, with people that we come across to share the hope uh, for others. And we got to get creative in how we share Jesus while still staying true to the Word. How might you be able to go on the road so others can have some Jesus, have a Jesus at revelation in their lives? I want to tell you a quick story. It was, um, it was about two weeks ago on Easter. There was actually a week ago after Easter that I had uh, um, done a video for our college group, Live UCF, and I had shared uh, with the, the college group how one of my children had gotten creative on Easter Day to share Jesus with somebody else. It was Easter, and one of my daughters had noticed that the Amazon truck had showed up outside the house. So she quickly ran and got one of our gift cards, and yes, it was a working gift card, not one we had already used. I had written a note on it and left it out the front door for the Amazon driver, um, just hoping to brighten his day a little bit because he was working on Easter. And when she went back out to get the package, she noticed that the Amazon driver had left a note saying, Happy Easter. How cool. What a creative way to share Jesus with other people. Just one way to, to get creative and share Christ with others. No matter what roads we find ourselves on in life, know that Jesus is always walking with us, even when we don't uh, recognize him. He's always ready to reveal himself to people who need hope, especially during these times. Our hopes aren't dashed, my friends. They're alive and well. Why? Because he's risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.